Hello and welcome to the Game Devastation Podcast. My name is Stefan Frost. Today I am joined with Mike Donatelli. What are what is your title, product director? I'm <laughs> I don't even know what you do. We are anymore. joined, you and I. We are joined together. We're, yeah, we're joined. Um it was a ceremony, it was beautiful. It's on a beach. Um What do you do? Uh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I am the product director for Carbine Studios Wildstar. Okay, fantastic. You may remember that game. Yeah, I may or may not have worked on it with you uh for maybe. a while, maybe or twice uh so you guys had a big announcement today you yes. went you went free to play well we didn't go free to play we announced that we're going free to you're play going free to play in the fall yeah and we and i know it's weird now. why we did that why we said it now and then are going to do it in the fall but it's actually it's it's pretty snazzy um our it's very that's very leaked your is leaning it up against a book or some nature it's, by the way uh for those of you listening uh, to the podcast weeks from when this was recorded. Uh, we're actually using the Periscope app to stream this live. So there are people right now that are watching it live. Uh, so I'm moving the phone around so that uh, people can see Mike Donatelli. And I'm, I'm going to move it around and, and probably answer some questions when people have them. Sure, about Periscope. Hashtag Periscope. <laughs> Hashtag Periscope. That's <laughs> what I wanted to do. Uh, so... Yeah, anyway, uh, that, that's why uh, Don Telly's pointing those things so, out. So to finish my thought, yes, uh, we're going to go free-to-play in the fall because we're going to try something new, which is just we're going to put our free-to-play stuff up on our uh, like on a beta server and just have players play it and give us feedback on our systems and stuff, that our free-to-play stuff, so we can have the coolest free-to-play transition ever. Okay, so th- that's kind of interesting. Like, I, I don't know that I've heard of... A company like testing out how free to play is going to work. We just looked at everybody else transitioning, and there's a lot of this shit. Surprise! We're free to play in two weeks. You know, because right. we realized that you know, I get it. You know, you're trying to make as much money as you can, but when we looked at it, it's like that's going to piss off a lot of people. And <laughs> so, uh, wait, why? Why would you say that? Who would get pissed off? Well, of this if, stuff, if you're not being super transparent about it, we're giving everybody fair warning. It's going to happen months from now, and we're going to put it up on our PTR public test realm, and we're going to have people. Try it out. Like log. All you got to do is sign up for beta. Then you'll get a key, just like a regular beta. You'll get in, and you'll get to see all how the games change, all these new systems, but these MTX systems as well. So you know, in the in-game store and all that stuff, and you can test it out and give us feedback. Hey, I don't like this. This is obnoxious. Or oh, I do really like this. Why don't you give more of that? And then we can actually do that. So when we go free to play, it's successful. Oh. Well, that's a a novel concept. Novel. Yep. I like it. Uh, So normally with these things, I like to prepare and like write questions and things you don't need any of that no nah, i don't because i think uh i did the same thing kurt knacker came by did you you probably don't listen to the show ever but uh, i did all, every one of them yeah, I'm, I'm like sure. a giant fan i, I sure put a dollar on patreon but you never take your shirt off so yeah. I'm like what the fuck that's what the f that's true you can cuss it's fine uh so kurt knacker came by at twelve thirty at night to record one he's like hey I'm in the area. I'm going to be a little late. Is that fine? I said, yeah, sure. Come by whenever. So he came by at 1230 at night. He was at Disneyland hanging out. And uh, he came by and we were recording until like two in the morning. Super awkward. Anyway, what I didn't do was prepare and we just talked and it was fine. Typically, I can do that. Uh, so with you, I'm going to do the same thing and just kind of talk about something. So sure. first and foremost, I think one of the things that people that are not in the game industry but would like to get into the game industry want to know is how do I do that? So oh boy, you a are a designer I'm by a, trade, and I'm opinionated. And you're as a mofo. Yeah, and you're so, opinion, okay. So this I is can good. Really tee off on this. It's gonna make a lot of people sad, but I no, can that's fine. Talk about it. Let's uh, let's talk about that. How do you okay. get into the industry if you want to be a designer? So I feel <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable about is okay. How I did it, and how I would recommend people do it. Sure, is find a game studio you like a genre, something, right? You got to have something that you want. You have to be, for me, it was, I was playing the crap out of EverQuest. Uh, A buddy of mine had gotten in at the total ground floor customer service of this game called Dark Age of Camelot. Was this Mike Barr? This was Mike Barr. Okay. But it was a long, it was, I think it was right before Dark Age launched and they said, hey, we need CS guys. So I went there and I started at the very bottom and I, it took me a couple of years and I worked my way over in design and then it took me a bunch more years and then I worked my way up to where I am now. 
But I mean, I didn't have any classical training. There were no schools. Like you couldn't go to a school and get a degree, right? A couple of years before that, I got a degree in bartending. And let me tell you, it was a giant scam, but it didn't cost me a lot of money, right? And I did drink a copious amount of liquor, so it was okay. Sure. Uh, But now, like we'll deal with these guys coming out of school. And, you know, I went to GDC and I interviewed hundreds of graduates who'd been, who graduated years prior and still couldn't find work. So there's like I don't, I don't want to say it's because it's not it's not like it's like the art institute right it's like these places that just they're like they're like puppy mills for game designers where they just churn out game designers and then these poor I'm saps. Gonna, oh, I, I'm sorry I'm going to interrupt you in the description of this show I'm probably going to put in quotes it's like a puppy mill for game designers. It, well, it's not. I don't know about that one in particular. I heard a lot of nonsense about the Art Institute. Yeah. But I, I don't want to call them out specifically because I don't think by far they're they're to be singled out. Right. Because there's every year there's more schools with more game design degrees and more associates, more these things, right? And it's like again, like you said, you can use that, please. It's a <laughs> puppy mill for game designers because what you get is you're part of a graduating class of two, three hundred game designers. You're one. There's 20 30 schools that you even that you even hear about right then there's plenty more smaller ones like technical and stuff but there's just 10,000 game designers getting dumped into the pool and if you you can't there's no need for that right it's just not that big of a so did you see robert de niro gave a commencement speech recently i think it was at nyu no and his he was saying all right to all you people out there you know you've got your artists uh, your designers your dancers your artists you're fucked. That was literally what he said in his commencement speech, right? It was it was basically like you've you've chosen the humanities or things that are yes. entertainment. Uh, it's it's going to be rough for you. I think effectively what he was saying is is kind of similar to what you're saying. Well, it, so uh, and something I want to kind of throw your way as well as a counterpoint because I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with you and I don't necessarily agree with you either. Uh, and my opinion has changed on this actually over the years. Cause you and I, we used to be like pretty much in sync on this. Like mm-hmm. used to be like, Oh great. This guy has a game design degree. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I, what I've, I think that I've, I've come to the conclusion of is that it, it just comes down to effort and ability. And if you have, when you're testing somebody who has maybe not had industry experience, and they've gone and they have a game design degree. Um, if they are willing to learn and if they've already, like if they if they make a test, like an Unreal or something like that, and they show you like, look, I made this level and here are the things that I can do. Really, it's just about like what your willingness is to like bust your ass. And it doesn't matter where you're from or what school you've gone to. It just matters like how you apply that information. Well, there's actually, if I can remember off the top of my head, I think Carnegie Mellon has a really good, uh, because at least because I've got to actually interview and test a lot of people. Right. Carnegie Mellon. Uh, USC has one. The Guild. Um, Guildhall. Guildhall. Yeah. Uh, Plano, I think it is, Texas. Yeah. Uh, that's there. Just I just if I had to say, oh, I'm looking at tests. I'm looking at student projects. That's super important is actually to produce something. Um, I had a guy, we hired him too. I had a guy show up for GDC, walk up to me with his laptop, open it and go, I want you to look at my game. And I sat down and I played his game for 10 minutes and he did the art and the sound and the music and the level design. And it wasn't a, a, it wasn't a gigantic game, but he had a lot of chop, like he had chops (laughs) and we hired that guy. Like there's some stand out from a crowd. Again, when you, when you have a line of 800 to a thousand people standing in line, just to talk to you, to ask you for a job and you've got four jobs, you get, you know, you're talking to a lot of people, do something to stand out from the crowd. I I would say that's a good idea. Um, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I actually agree with you that it really is the ability, you know, but it's hard to get past that because it goes back to, let's say for instance, our studio, we have a QA department and our QA department to effectively QA our game. They need to know the tools, right? So they need to know how the tools work and they need to use those tools to troubleshoot bugs that they find in the game. Then they write reports, they put stuff in JIRA like a, like any real smart company does, and then puts uh, the JIRAs, uh, <laughs> puts the JIRAs in for the devs to look at. And there's a, there's a system, right? So two, three years later, 
when we need to hire a dev, sure, there are tons of schools dumping out tons of people who are, have ability and are really good and have about seventy dollars to $100,000 worth of student loan debt now. Yep. But uh, there's a QA guy who I literally could pick up, walk him over to a team that he's worked with because he's been working with that team for years on checking their stuff. And, but, and he's going to tell him, hey, I found another bug. It's in your script. I even troubleshooted that. This is how you fix it. That guy is plug and play. I could take him, plop him down, and he is ready with our tools. The problem is you get a lot of kids from school coming in going, like, what you know, what tools are you using? It's like, well, we're using proprietary stuff, right? So we're all proprietary. Right. They're like, we learned on Unreal. It doesn't it's not the same. Right. And it takes a whole new ramping up. You know, maybe oh, absolutely. three, three yeah. four months to get everybody completely up to speed. Whereas I got a guy I can just pick up and drop in there and they're they're again, you're talking about hungry. Uh, QA and customer service, those guys are hungry for dev jobs. And, you know, yeah. so anyway, I, I personally appreciate to see a little of that. Like, hey, I tested, I did these well, things. So here's, here's the hard part, I think, for people that are, um, that are trying to get, like, they go to school, they spend $90,000, $100,000, whatever it is to, to get this degree. And they expect that they're going to get a job the second that they're out. Right, because sure, just like, like almost everybody who goes to college, yeah, in this like country, I, right? I got a degree, right? I have a uh, bachelor's in communications, right, from Cal State Long Beach, um, and you you kind of expect like, okay, cool, now I've got this thing, now I can get a job and not do like I was a restaurant server for years, right, when I was going to school, and I'm like, yay, I don't have to be a server anymore, and it's it's not true. <laughs> you have no. to you have to apply yourself and get in. The thing that I learned, I think, the most though is that working my way from the ground up and, and and as generic and lame as that sounds like it's just get your foot in the door yeah, like any way you can an internship or like in QA or customer service like you're saying even if you like I had a a, a BA um and I got a production assistant position at Disney Interactive luckily uh and that's fine you know but uh, there are a lot of people that if we go to shows like at packs or something like that there are a lot of people that are like yeah i have a game design degree i want to be a game designer it's like okay well maybe you can qualify for that but if you can't maybe you should check out qa and that and a lot of times those people are like well i didn't just spend ninety thousand dollars to go to qa well no it's worse it's actually worse than that it's i don't even want to say it's like a hoity-toity thing it's literally i've got seventy five thousand dollars of student loans i can't live off of a qa when i started qa i made 25 Right. And again, it was a million years ago. I'm an old fart, but like 25 grand, right? Like it, I could, I left a job making 50 to go to that job making 25 because I was like, I'm going to get in and I'm going to, and again, I think it's back to what you said. It's ability and drive. I'm going to get into something and I don't care what it is. And I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to work whatever it takes, whatever hours, however hard, and I'm going to do it right. Like you got to have that, you know, you can't just kind of show up and be like, well, I deserve a job, right? Because I have a degree. I should, I should get that. Right. And it's tough. It's like, I, again, I don't want to get into the existential, you know, all, you know, the Generation X and Millennial and all that garbage. I think it's that's ridiculous. I think it's all, like you said, it's about the person right? and their ability and their want. But I met, I met a guy, <laughs> he was an older guy too. I met him at, uh, I think it was GDC, uh, two years ago, and he had driven from he driven from Nevada to go there. He graduated game design school and couldn't find a job in five years. He was five year. He was the, the that was the pretty much the worst one I saw. Which mm-hmm. this guy, I'm not saying the guy was bad or anything. It's just the guy. But this guy was like, I'll take anything. Right. Do you have a QA job? Do you have a customer service job? I'll take anything. And we, you know, we had a very specific thing we're looking to fill and the guy didn't fit the bill. So there wasn't, you know, I, I, we may have tested them. I don't even remember anymore. We tested like 200 people from that. So GDC, by the way, for those of you that don't happen to know what that is, that's the game developers conference. That's in San Francisco every year. I don't know. What it's, the it's a rent. There's a couple of them. There's one yeah. in Europe coming up soon. And they that's usually true, yeah. have one in Texas. They're, they're all over the place, but that one is the one that because California has all these video game companies. It's huge. Yeah. Most people can just go there and they have a pretty comprehensive, um, uh, kind of a job fair, a portion of it set up for like a job fair where companies like ours, if we're looking to hire, can go there and set up a booth and they can print up a bunch of resumes and just hit the ground running and do all that. But I also, if again, if I could add something, do something to stand out from the crowd, don't set yourself on fire or something like that, like immolate yourself, that would be stupid because then yeah, you'd be cause dead. Because you'd be dead. And um, there's no call for that. Uh, <laughs> uncalled for. Uncalled for. 
Um, too soon? Is it too soon for that? that for a Vietnam that monk that burned? Yeah, yeah. it's too mm. soon. For resumes, okay. This is a, this is a killer. Okay, you are killing yourself, and I know this from years of experience. If you want a job as a video game, if you have, you want a job as a level designer, go all in on your resume as a level designer. Don't make yourself this generalist that's so general that you're like, oh, okay, well, he did some level design. It's not, you're not, the jack of all trade thing is not necessarily a good idea. So this thing, this very conversation has come up in multiple interviews that I've had with people where I've said, you know, should you kind of go towards one path or should you be a generalist? Like I can do all the things. And it seems to be like every, every single one of these people that I've asked, whether it's art or whether it's design, it seems to be go into your niche and stay there. And, and perfect that niche. Well, so you're a you specialist, right? right? It's like some. It's like a doctor who specializes in rhinoplasty. There's a there's a ton of doctors, right? Uh huh. There's a ton of doctors out there, but when you want to get your your junk fixed, you're going to go to the guy who is the. He was pointing to his face, by the way. I when was. He did that. Yeah. All right. So my point being is, I've again myself. I've been in and out of work, right? So just so you know, video games. Just to warn everybody, video games is not a job. It's a gig. It's like you're in a band. You are going to work at a place. You're going to bust your ass for four years. The game's going to launch. It's going to do whatever it does. They're going to have the inevitable layoff because they had to staff up an extra 100 people to get the game launched on time in the first place. It happens all the time. It happens on usually AAA games or MMOs more so than well, like other indie games. ones. I don't know if it's any worse. I mean, well, indie games, usually it's like three dudes and then they're, they're right. But they're, they're, they're taking that, the right? heat at the beginning. They don't have health insurance. They're living in somebody's garage yeah. and they're, you know, they're living off of one of them has a pizza job delivering pizzas and they're making video games. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially when you're young, yeah. do it. I, I recommend it. It's like playing the lottery. You could hit it big. I mean, there's a lot of small indie studios that make great games, but if you want, if you have a wife and kids and you want to pay your bills and you want a car payment and a house payment and your health insurance, you know, for all that stuff, then that's where you go with the bigger group group. And when you go with the bigger guys, then you have these things that unfortunately occur. Right. But it's a gig. It's like, you'll be, I was in Virginia, then New York, Ukraine, back to California. Like I've been all over the place. Like it's just, you kind of pick up and you go where the work is. And California is the best place to go for that. That's where you're going to get the, that's where the most of the companies are. So you're, you have a better chance here than any place else. And the reason that is, is it's most of where the talent is, right? I mean, it's a lot of these students, it's definitely not because it's cheap. Jesus, it's not. Right. So it's a lot of it is because there's talent and you'll notice like even in places such as New York, there, there's some studios out there, but there's not like a lot Right. Texas has a lot more coming up. Austin seems uh, to have Austin like, goes through it's like fits and spurts, right? Like it's you know all of a sudden like two or three new big games will come out and they'll be based there and then they launch and then they kinda of dry up and you know, there was a big QA presence there for a while and then that kinda of, it just comes and goes, right? Austin's a little more fluid. Right. California you got Disney and Warner Brothers and Sony and now what's the new Sony? Um Daybreak. Daybreak, and yeah. you have uh, Carbine and Blizzard yeah. and Obsidian. I mean, Carbine, Blizzard, Obsidian, and Red Five are within fifteen minute drive of each other, right? Yeah. We we do a pretty much. There's a juggling of of people hopping from one company to the next. You got Amazon. You got there's just so many game companies out here, right? Yeah. I want to. I've told you this story in the past. My goal is to build my own game studio in like Montana. Where when I pay you your money, you're like, I'm a millionaire because I can buy four houses for the price I could buy one in California. Well, you wanted to have the compound. Commune. Commune. Sorry. Where you have like a main center place. Like I would build all this stuff ahead of time, right? And yes. it'd be like, if you had a small family, we'd have small cabins. And if you had, if you were just like a guy, it'd be like the military where you have like dude barracks here and, and lady barracks there. And then each one would have like a big ass TV and then couches and you play video games. Stuff. And that'd be like your place to chill and pool tables. And that's where you'd live. And you know, the idea here is I could pay you a, a, a perfectly adequate wage for there. And then you'd, we'd feed you. We'd have like a mess hall and everybody would go to, and you could work at like a big, huge uh, space. And there'd be like the main house, the dinner bell. It's like, you know, I had a plan. It's definitely a commune. Sure. A little culty. A little culty, but the, the bottom line is you want to, it's the closest thing I could think of in a professional, like not indie, but indie, indie light, I guess you'd say. Sure. Yeah. Where you could be like, you could still get that vibe to it, but 
everybody could have health insurance and you could afford you're to doing, live. Have you watched Silicon Valley? Everyone keeps telling me to. I, I, really I, I have to. Uh, you are doing what they, like an incubator, right? Where it's just like, it's yeah. a house and then yep. you live in my house and eat my food. And, and when you make it big, then I get 10% of your company or whatever. So that's the effectively what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. Uh, so. Not today I, though. Like I got a little bit to go. Yeah, yeah. You got some time. You got this whole free-to-play thing to handle, right? Yeah, Carbine free-to-play thing, right. NZ Soft, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so um, let's talk about the game. We just talked a lot about if you want to get into the industry. Oh, well, actually, one last thing, because we went off on numerous well, tangents. We went on a lot of tangents Yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm going to have to edit this. It's, it's going to be this. <laughs> maybe the first time I'm going to have to actually edit this thing. Uh, so the big sort of takeaway from that is really probably start small, work your way up, find a place that you want to go stick to a niche. Um, and is there anything that people can do to kind of prepare for this stuff? So if you're a designer, like what do you need to know? Again, I don't want to, who knows someday I may end up in a school teaching video game design. Who knows? Um, but I don't want to bash it, but I'm telling you the guy who went and made that giant Skyrim mod. That's like a game in of itself. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he applied to Bethesda with that. Are you talking about that? Yeah. 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 That's great. And you, the tools exist and you could do it in your house right now. Again, it goes back to you said, how dedicated are you to doing this thing? Right. So I don't necessarily believe you have to go to school, but if you don't go to school, you got to produce something, which just means that you got to come to the table going, Oh man, I, I, I made Gary's mod. Oh, Oh shit. Wow. Okay. Crap. You know I mean? Oh, the dude that just made rest. Oh, okay, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, we should hire you. You're good. You know, like you've proven it. Like you don't need to go to school to prove how badass you are. You've proven how badass you are. So, go to school. That could help you. I don't think you're gonna. There's. I think people go to school and with the FSD. Well, I'm going to go to school and there's going to be like this. There's going to be Gandhi and he's going to teach me about peace. And there's going to be this guy and he's, you know, uh, L. Ron Hubbard is going to be there. He's going to teach me about. Like it's not like that. You go to a school. There's teachers there. They need to pay their rent. They're there to teach you. And I don't necessarily, you know, you're not going to walk out of that school. You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm a genius now. I can design yeah. video games. I think it may be helpful, but I don't think it's as helpful as just getting in you know roll your sleeves up and design a level right and then again the best part about the indie community right now and the best part about like there are so many people out there that have the same goals as you and they're like again maybe they didn't find a job maybe went to video game school and they're like let's do a thing i'm a sound guy you're a level designer right by trade um you over there you know you're you write you have a lot of let, let's get together and do a thing right or if you're a producer yeah. type you sit, get all those people together and have them start working like i got a project i want to start i need a sound guy you got you go to message boards you get all that stuff out there and at forums and whatnot and you you find people of like mind and you build something yeah i think the key for me like i the more that i've been in like a creative industry uh when i see people make stuff you know not even on a kickstarter but just kind of in their free time or it's like a comic or like a, you know, a, a game or, a, you know, a, I just made a module from Neverwinter Nights 2 or sure. you know, whatever. Uh, it's really impressive to me when you actually finish it, right? It doesn't even have to be like the most amazing thing, but the fact that you went to do something and then completed it and it's something tangible that somebody can do, that to me is so impressive because it, there's not, a lot, there's a lot of people that'll get started with something and they just, they don't finish it or like, no, oh, this is too hard. I'm going to give up on it or yeah, I'm like, 15% done. What do you think? Uh, to actually com- take something to completion, I think is, it actually speaks volumes, even if it's not amazing the first time. And that's why, again, talking about Carnegie, talking about Guildhall, there's another one on, towards us out here that's I'm blanking on right now. But like those schools, uh, we hired about, I think, eight guys. Uh, I think it was Guildhall. They put out a great game. Like I went to the GDC, and GDC has a lot of schools that are showing off games and I think it was NVIDIA or Intel or something had their game kind of like their featured on their featured stage and booth and I got to play it and it was a super fun game and it was these eight guys one of them's a producer one of them's a sound guy a couple of designers and art couple artists and this team built that thing with the help of of a, of a teacher but the teacher wasn't doing the work they did all the work right. you know and and I think Intel or whatever it was NVIDIA they're like we really like this game we went to feature you in our little sound state or our stage and i i think we hired eight if there was eight i think we hired six of them or maybe four of them but it was a lot right a lot yeah. for that team and that was because they did it right and that was very very important again for that the schools it did very well and the school taught them didn't teach them theory 
but they taught them how to do it, right? Like mechanics. Like the mechanics of yeah. how do you take something from an idea to production to, you know, soup to nuts? How do you do the whole thing? And they taught them how to do that. And I think that's very important. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about uh, the Wild Stars. You've, okay. been, you've been working on this game for five years? Yeah. Five years you've been on this yeah. game, right? You started out, you were a content design lead. Uh, and then you went to Quest Design Lead. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. That's the thing. All right. I started as like a zone guy. I had a couple teams of zone. We were making zone content. Yeah. Then I went to Content Design Lead or Quest Design, whatever the hell you want to call so it. So it's kind of like the lead of those dudes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to talk to you about Quest Design in MMOs. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, no, because this is this it's is a doozy. it's a doozy, and I think it's uh, an interesting piece <laughs> of information why people listen to this sure, show, right? Sure. They want to know like how they can kind of hone their skills potentially. So uh, when you are designing a quest line, like you have a quest hub, what are, what are the key things that you need to do when you design these things? Well, really. <laughs> Sounds so disgusted. Well, I'm disgusted because anymore people have to realize there's, again, there's an, I don't want to say a revolution, but there's an evolution here where it is not, a quest hub and I mean I could draw on the board you know what I learned a long time ago which is kind of like here's your hub in the middle and you kind of do this flower petal you know this and then all of a sudden you know we added com delivered stuff so you could actually finish in the field which was a big deal at the time I think then Blizzard picked it up and they ran with it even though theirs like ours was a, a you know I have like a pit boy that I talk to people and right. it made a little sense um, there's, I'm not exactly sure the lore behind it, right? But you could finish in the field because it just made more sense, right? People right. were like, I don't want to keep running back and forth and back and forth. So I think it's kind of, you've kind of hit new ground. Like most games now, it's just like, I don't even, I, I don't want to go to a guy who has a quest bang over his head. I want to go and, but it, it's like, it's like I said before, the ebb and flow. When I started in, in well, back in EverQuest, I was playing EQ, you just had to go up to dudes and say words, Right. And hopefully you knew somebody that's like, hey, go to this guy at midnight on the 3rd of December and say, Beetlejuice. And all of a sudden he's going to have a quest for you and use this epic, awesome quest, right? That was cool back then, right? But now as the genre and the people playing it have evolved, it's like, well, I got done at work super late. I got to get home. I got a baby to feed. I'm taking the garbage out. I might have one hour to actually sit at my computer and play a video game before I have to hit the sack because I got to get him to go to the gym because I'm a fat slob and I'm going to die early. Right. So you got like a whole plan. Mm. So that hour now, you don't want to be screwing around with trying to figure that stuff get out. Stuff so, done. And the internet just answers all questions. So, you know. True. So I don't know. I, it's e- I can say I can te- I can say all these things that I learned over the years, but I think it right now it's kind of it's uh, it's a renaissance of it, right? Like okay, so where's where the where's it going? Oh, well, you're gonna put on a you're gonna put on a you know a 3D thing, and there's gonna be <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing some Oculus Rift stuff. Do some Oculus where you kind of reach out and you just like caress someone's face, and they're like, I'm telling you a story, and it's gonna be weird. Um, no, <laughs> no, I mean I think that. I think the quest bang thing might be a little played at this point. Yeah. I think everybody does it. It's easy. It's completely easy. Um, but again, it goes back to it. If, if you made it where the guy just fidgets, if he's got something going on, he's like picking up his shoe and what's going on, or maybe he just looks distraught and there's a bunch of people, but he's the one that looks distraught and you go up and you interact with them. Maybe that would tickle the fancy of some folks, but then there's going to be the other people that are like, look, I well, just so, want to get the quest. I just want to finish my stuff yeah. so I can get my reward so I can go to bed. Was it Secret World? that, that They had some pretty innovative quest yeah, design yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like They had things that was, you're not just going to find it on the internet somewhere. You really had to kind of read into what was going on there. Yeah, and didn't do so great. And, yeah. all, and again, it goes back to that thing. People, I, I think, and again, I'm going on a limb saying this, but I, I think people like the illusion that there's some kind of, you know, like I'm going to go on a big CSI adventure to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah. But in fact, they just be like, well, I'm kind of stumped. I want to press the button now. Well, so let's talk about the difference between like MMOs and uh, maybe single player RPGs and okay. stuff like that, because I think that there's uh, there's definitely differences in those two. Sure. So let's take Mass Effect. You played Mass Effect. Oh, all of them. Yeah. yeah. So um, the quests in Mass Effect or Assassin's Creed or, you know, any of those sort of single player RPGs. Um, compared to an MMO style quest, what are what are those differences? Well, I mean, I think the differences are 
it's fairly obvious to me, which is you can do so many really cool things in a single player game, right? A single player RPG nowadays costs as much money as an MMO does. And in MMO, you've got to figure, I think MMOs are the hardest game to make. I mean, I'll put that out there, right? I don't, I don't know how many, any people who I know in the industry that would argue with that. Well, I, I will not argue with you on that, but why do you think that is? Well, it's because, again, it goes back to quest design, right? In an, a single-player RPG, it's totally story-driven, or it could be, or it should be. Totally story-driven. You have a quest. The world, you are interacting with the world around you, and the world is interacting with you. You your player, your single player. It allows you to afford you to do so many great things, right? You're telling a story when this rock thing collapses and, you know, you look up and it's all collapsing. You're like, oh my God. And you, you're like, you know, that happened to you, right? And in MMO, you'd be like, well, okay, we'll have the rock avalanche thing fall down. Uh, it's like, yeah, but what if a guy walks in as this is happening? And what if the other guy went over to the, where the, the thing was and he was picking up the quest item and then there's another avalanche that's going to come down does he get hurt well of course we can't hurt him well then that does it's not very impactful if he can't be killed by that well he, why would he he already went through the, the scene where it came down but what about the guy who comes in afterwards the th- he's seen the thing come down but he hasn't interacted with the the plunger to blow up the wall yet so you're like ugh like you literally have to you don't have to design for one you have to design for and then get into the well what happens if the guy is sitting there teabagging the plunger just with his crotch over and over again ha 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 it's going to break i'm i'm going to ruin your fun i'm going to break the uh immersion gonna, yeah break the immersion factor because i'm teabagging teabagging this thing and you oh you got and then i'm saying oh you got to stick your hand in my butt to get to the plunger har 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 and it's like that sucks you are completely removed from any immersion whatsoever whereas a single player game you're the guy who pushes the plunger. You're the guy that causes the avalanche. You're the guy that goes over and does whatever he's got to do afterwards. You feel powerful. You feel like you've affected the world around you. It's just, it's a million times harder to do in an MMO because there's so many people playing at the same time, which is double-edged sword. I mean, without the people, the MMO's not going to be as much fun because people are, players are content for each other, and I think that's super important to call out. But... You just got to be super careful, and I don't think it allows you the same latitude to make really good and interesting stories. I mean, I think it's easier to do it in RPG. It's just more difficult to do in MMO. Yeah. So here's here's another question. Uh, one of the big sort of genres that seems to be coming out now are the uh, survival crafting. I genres. love this game. <laughs> I have to say it. I what? love this game. I play it all the time. I think I've played it for hundreds, hundreds of hours now. What? The Long Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay yeah. It's like my, in that genre, and I've played sure. all of them, right? Because, again, as a product director, it's kind of my job to play all the, every game out there just right. to see what people are doing. And I played Rust, you know, and my Wang hanging out, and I'm running around getting people beating me in the head with a rock. Yeah. Um, not my cup of tea. You sure. Know? Uh, the Island, that, you know, we played that one. Um, was it the Island? The you Forest. Know? The Forest, yeah, you and I played. played the There's forest. the Island where you're shipped on an island. You know, these are all, you know, I guess higher res versions of Minecraft. Um, they're all they're all very cool, but Long Dark turned around and said, there's no zombies, there's no tribesmen, there's no other naked dudes rocking you in the head with, with rocks. It is literally you it's it's a sandbox. You are a, you've crashed from a plane, uh, there's like an EMP. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not it's not <laughs> sure. the important part. The important part is there is no more electricity. You are trapped in the farthest, whitest north of uh, Canada, which apparently, from what I understand, is cold. I've heard. And then you just have to survive the elements, the snow, like the cold will kill you, food and water. There's wolves and bears. And other than that, it's just surviving. Can you find a gun? It took me almost 30 hours of playing this game to find a gun. Right. Because now, is this a single player game? It's only single player game. There is no other. That's what I'm saying is the, you know, you, the wind, you go inside houses because there are houses and Quonset huts and all kinds of stuff, gas stations. You go into all these old places and no one, there's everyone's gone. You don't know what happened to them. Who cares? It's not important. The important part is I got to find a new pair of snow pants because I'm freezing to death. Right. But I did, I did fight off a wolf with my friggin' knife earlier and I did get his pelt. So if I can get one more pelt, I might be able to craft a coat <laughs> that will I will not freeze to death better, right? right? Like it's it, and it's intense, man. It's in this intense game where it's they they the cold is the enemy. It's the ultimate enemy, right? Like you will freeze to death, and then you'll be running across this frozen lake, and all of a sudden because they have full weather, whiteout, right? 
And then it's white out for days. So now you've got to be like, I've got to find a rocky outcropping. And I'm going to find a rocky outcropping and get inside my sleeping bag and hope to survive an hour just so it could get to daylight where it'll get warmer because the temperature fluctuates day at night. And then you're building a fire, but the fire attracts wolves and they'll kill you. So it's a super frigging intense game, but it doesn't have like it's not kind of that carbon copy. You don't build assault rifles out of rocks and you just mow people down. There's yeah. like literally 25 bullets in the entire game. So you're like. Oh God! I found a bullet, and you're right. like so excited about that. So, so but uh, you play know, that game. But that doesn't have other players. No, right? So that's that. So that's the best part about it. It's this great feeling of you remember Bioshock. I do remember Bioshock, the first Bioshock, right? Yes, yeah. Where there's good stretches of that game where you're like, it's kind of like haunting. Like yeah. you're this one person, and there's this haunting, atmospheric place. That's what this game evokes. It's like this single player you're alone you're you're almost terrified of being alone and it's very atmospheric and i'm just telling you it's a it's a slam dunk i love that game so uh because you're a guy that's worked on mmos a lot of them mm-hmm. now how many you worked on like three four four that's pretty good uh so you know it, we were talking about where this genre is kind of going um, I was on a panel once at PAX and somebody had kind of asked like, what's the future of MMOs? And, um, I think it's an interesting question because, um, one of the res- one of the guys I think from, uh, who formerly worked at, I think he worked on like path of exile or something. He's like, I think Wildstar is going to be the last big triple A MMO. Absolutely. I think if you had answered free to play, I think that would have been the, the answer to answer. Um, People are like, there's just too many things out there to try. So yeah. I think in the future, not just MMOs, but everything is people are like, there's 10 games that are free. I can play all of those and try them out. And if I like them, I can, I can invest my money and time into those. Right. And, but you're asking me to go out on a leap of faith. And I think there's just a lot of big, a lot of, there's a lot of dinosaurs, a lot of big old groups that see that as, oh man, it's like giving away, you know giving away the cow for free but it's just like no it's not really it's like if you're if your shit's quality (laughs) people play it and you give them a good opportunity there's nothing worse than getting a free-to-play game that's really awesome and i've played a couple of these where you get a free-to-play game it's really awesome you play it and then you're like god i wish i could buy something right i I play all the assassin's creed right and many of those i'll be like god if I could wear that costume that that dude's wearing, I would pay you four bucks for that, right? Just and then, but you can't, and you're like, well, God, why don't you just let me buy that? Like, this doesn't hurt. You can't. I dress up like this guy. I mean, who cares? I'm an effete British showman. I want to dress up like one, right? But you won't let me. Like, just give me the chance. I'll pay you the money. It's quality. I'll do it. So I think that there's that shift. I think the future is going to, and not just MMOs, but I think the future of all these games is just build a quality game and give them the give the player the opportunity to spend money not obnoxiously not well if you don't buy this dagger it it's game's gonna be three times harder like not that because that's simpleton stuff but i'm talking about just subtle subtle nuance you know you don't have to you don't have to beat someone over the head for it for them to want to contribute so that's the payment model Mm -hmm. right but what about like the the subject matter because i think (sighs) the um the gentleman's point originally was that it's you know it's the theme park mmo thing like that's pretty much he felt that that was done after Wildstar. So do you think that uh, things are going more in the direction of like Rust and Daisy and things like that? Because to me, that's the closest thing to an MMO that I've seen that's successful, right? It's Where you definitely have... definitely cheaper to make. <laughs> yeah, certainly, right? Because there are, are teams of five dudes that are putting Absolutely. out these games, six dudes that are... Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I think, the, I think that um, the Long Dark, I think that I talked to the guy at GDC and I think he was saying his team's like under 20. Like it's not a ton. Yeah. But that game is, is pimp. And... Did you play Reign of Kings yet? Reign of Kings, no. Oh my gosh. It's it's like, it's really early access kind of game, right? But they're, they're adding in stuff pretty regularly. They're getting rid of cheater stuff. Uh, it's... The animations need a lot of work. The models need a ton of work. But man, I have had fun in that game. And it's the the thing that I think that is so great about it is the interactions, right? It's not the it's definitely not the animations. It's definitely not the characters. It's not the art, right? the The fun part about it is um, I can I have these situations that will allow me to interact with people in certain ways that will cause things that I was just not 
I mean, that's what MMOs, I think what makes them so great is the social interaction. The hard part though, with, you know, I think with theme park MMOs and things like that is there's no easy way to communicate with somebody. Like you can type stuff. You can say like, oh, I can chat these things. Right. But like with these games, you can speak to somebody. And if you look, if you watch them on Twitch, like that to me is like the interesting thing about these games is you can watch all these crazy interactions well, that would, never would have happened. I, I watched, you watch, um, do you follow uh, Ice Prime? I Paul, do. Paul Matson. Paul Matson, yes. And I watched him play, he was streaming H1Z1. It's, 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 was, he, was he doing Battle Royale? It's, it's what he does, right? right. But yeah. um, I watched him play, and yeah, that's one of those things where you can get up, cl- like you can speak in an area, yeah. so you people can hear you and overhear what you're saying and stuff. And so I think that's really, it, it, that's the way to go. Like, I don't think, I think there's a number of people that don't want to have that revealed. Like, they don't want, but that's like old people like us, like my, my pa- our parents and people who maybe the cusp of the MMO player, people right. might have played, you know, 20 years ago and there's like muds and stuff and now they're, they're still they want to type they don't want to reveal themselves but right. like my kids my teenagers all this they're always blabbing on it and again my kid <laughs> i have a 14 year old that is plays non-stop um left for dead she just won't ever stop playing this game and i'll walk past her and she's just blah 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 talking constantly and 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 actually effectively playing the game which i always thought was like what are they doing they can't be playing but they're just like, blah, 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 and just, you know, do, doing their thing. And um, so I, I think that voice interaction is going to definitely kind of, you know, that's got to be, the, we kind of did it with Wildstar, where like our expectation when we did the dungeon design was people were like, oh, well, we have to build this so people, but people will have to communicate with you, so they'll be typing. It's like, no, 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 this is the next age of that, right? If right. you're not on TeamSpeak or Mumble or whatever you're on, it's going to be hard to, it, it, yeah. we can't keep designing for people to type in between up. Oh, I'm almost out of mana, right? It's yeah. like, look, how long did it take you to type that? Because you just scream it into the microphone. Everyone, you know, it's a more visceral experience. You know, it's like call of duty without, you know, 13 year old, but again, you're going to get that right. Kids screaming at you, the curse words, yeah. and, you know, calling you all sorts of great names. And, yeah. So no, I, I, I got to answer your question, which I haven't done. Um, I think that that would be very cool, right? But I think it has to be done. I think an open world style MMO is the way it will go, but it's going to, you're, you also have, so you can have the illusion of an open world MMO where I can go anywhere and do anything. But in reality, people like rules. Can I just walk into somebody's car and open the door and start the car and drive away? No, I can't. People lock their cars and take their keys with them and things like that. Like, there's rules. <laughs> You're talking IRL here. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But there's okay. I, I'll take it back. I, that's too. That's too close. If I get in a car, does it? When I touch a car, does it float away? Right. There's there's rules of reality that people are just like. I want. There's got to be rules, right? So. Um, there's a certain amount of, there can be a big, giant, crazy open world game to run around and explore. That's awesome. But if there's a, a house and there's a farm next to it and the plants are all withered and there's interactable water barrels and you can go over and interact the water barrels and then you get a, a, you know, we call them tea spells, but you get a new spell bar that you can then water all the plant. You can just, cause it's just, I picked up the interact. I saw they're high lit in some way where I saw that the barrels are interactable. Right. I can interact with them. I pick it up. All of a sudden, the thing pops up. Whoa, that's neat. What's this? Water. It's like dead plants. Water. And then all of a sudden, I run around watering the thing. And then all of a sudden, an NPC spawns in the house and runs outside and goes, Oh, my God, you saved us. And maybe that opens a whole new line. Of, like that kind of interactivity that you didn't expect to happen, but it's always there. Right. If you see the water barrels, they're going to always be next to plants that are dead, and there'll always be a house. So you're going to learn the nuance, and you're going to be like, oh, I know that quest, but it's not really a quest. It's an interaction that you had with the world, but it's not going to be randomly, oh, well, sometimes it's not water. Like, but I mean, yeah, I guess now I'm designing the game. You could have it where the trees, you know, maybe it's bugs, and there's some kind of fire, and you got to kill all the... Like, yeah, I guess you could do... So- yeah, okay. I'll work on this later. All right. Yeah. I can yeah. see where this is going. All right. Yeah, I think it, it to me it's a fascinating uh thing to see where games are kind of going and more of this just we're not going to put NPCs in the world. I'll tell you or, this though. Uh quest givers, I should say. I'll tell you this though. I think that the age of the 150 million dollar MMO is done. Yeah. 
Well, it's just because, like you said, a group of five dudes in a garage can make an open world playground where people are super happy to spend nineteen ninety nine in an alpha, you know, and they'll make ten, twenty million dollars, right? And uh, you know, betting, putting all your eggs in that hundred and fifty million dollar game basket that you, oh, well, we have to charge some because we need to get some kind of money back right off the bat so we can keep the lights on and keep paying the employees. Like that stuff's, you know, a 30-guy team, $35 million, not 30, uh, 50-guy team, $35 million budget, pump out a cool open-world MMO. I, I think that that's probably more in line, probably even cheaper than 50, probably do it for 35. Right. And that kind of, you know, instant stuff, I think a lot of that people... In the old days, there were, like you said, big guilds. People were talking to each other, and, you know, you go into, you know, again, I only keep referring to EQ because I play a lot of it, but you go into the, you know, this big tunnel where everybody screamed back and forth to each other to try to sell their wares, right? And it was super fun. Right. Then there's auction houses, and that's super efficient, and it's right. super, um, the user experience is very, very improved on that old, but then some people like that. You know, that, that's the past. You can't think about that. you got to think of the future. This auction house thing happened. So now if you didn't have an auction house in your game, you'd be like, people like, what? Yeah. But realistically, what, what I'm getting at here is I think that now you have your core group of friends, right? You have four of your friends that you hang out with and play all the time and you play games with. Uh, and if you can go, oh, hey, look, I play this game. It's open world. It's kind of fun. But there's this instance and it's a cave and we can go in together, only four of us. And you have four friends, right? Like, I just think that, you know, having guilds of hundreds of people, and uh, it's just tough. It's tough to keep that stuff in, in play now. And I think that it's going to start, it's going to go towards less, still AAA, but like 30-ish million dollars, lots of instanced uh, gameplay. I think that's probably where it's going. I think the key is you just got to make stuff that will allow people to interact with each other more easily. Right, but I guess... It can't be so many people, though, that there's a ton of noise. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's sure. the point. The noise-to-person ratio has to be... Pre- that's why it's to think instances, these small group-oriented stuff, again, a lot of stuff we're doing for Wildstar now, which is this short session gameplay. It's like yeah. small groups for a short session. I can get in and get out. I feel like I got rewarded, and I think that that is, you know... Because you, you, how can you compete? I mean, that's a PC game, right? But how can you compete with... I can pull out of my pocket my phone, which I'm playing some pretty intricate... RPG type games on and I can do it in the bathroom or in the car or wherever the hell I'm at and I can just kind of plug away on that and you know it's tough to compete against that you have to go to that smaller instant short session stuff or I mean you can have that wide open world it's just that expect to spend 8 to 10 hours running around trying to figure out what's going on and I think that there's a need for both of those things but if you're asking about MMOs I think you're right I think open world exploratory and new and interesting ways to interact to get I'm going to use the word quest, but not quest. You want to interact with the world in the way that a quest used to let you do it. How can you now do it without having the obnoxious big golden thing and having to run back and forth to a guy who, you know, here he's okay, but two stories later he's dead in a field. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, all right, so you were at... Uh, I'm going through your history here so we can talk about you things. you got to do a lot of cutting in this thing, I'm sure. Oh, I do. I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this. That is <laughs> undoubtedly going to happen. Uh, so, okay, we, we, we talked about your, your quest design days. You then become design director, is that correct? Design director on the way to product director, yeah. Okay, so um, a lot of people out there, their ambition is to become a design director. Right. What What does a design director do? Uh, well, I love every question that I ask you because it, I, it pains it, it, you inside. It makes, it, it makes me feel like I'm smelling poop. Um, no, it's <laughs> you should never go in again. It goes back to what you said, right? Um, or maybe you didn't say it, but it's like uh, I don't necessarily know if you want the design director that really, really wants to be a design director. Like it's God's honest truth. So right? are, you, are you talking about the Batman? I'm the, the hero this city needs, but not the one it deserves. Or wants or whatever. Or, that, I don't even know. Thing is, but yeah. Pretty much. It's like I stepped into that role because we needed somebody to do that role mm-hmm. at a pivotal time. And uh, design director pretty much looks at designs that the content team, if the content, because you have, system and content. I, I like to call them game design because I think it's 
I think it's just too easy to pigeonhole people into their system or a content thing where I, there's plenty of smart content guys that could do systems, plenty of smart systems guys that have really creative bent and want to do content. So I, I like to call them game designers instead. But at the time when I did it, there was game, there was content designers and system designers, and pretty much as you would vet the, you'd sit in on their kickoff meetings, you'd 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 be like, hey, look, I think we could do it this way instead, or they'd go, hey, here's my design, can you look at it? And you'd look at it and go, yeah, I like this, but you know, this might be too obnoxious, or what if we tweak this or did this? You know, if you're going to be good at it, you you don't, in my opinion, you don't want to kind of, it's very easy to just impose your will, <laughs> but in fact, you want. You want to, in my opinion, I want to surround myself with super smart designers that are smarter than me, and I want to. They help me become a better design director. Um, but you work with them side by side, and you figure it out together. And and I think that's a way better way to do it. Um, so yeah, you pretty much you vet a lot of design, you play a lot of game, um, you give a lot of feedback, uh, you deal with a lot of you know you deal with the art director, and you deal with the other guys because. The art team always wants more time to make the art prettier, and the and the the engineering team always wants to you know we don't have time for this, and you know can you can you do without that? And you want to just kind of work with those other directors to make sure that you know you come to an accord where you're getting what you need for your team, but it's not killing the art guys and the engineers have plenty of time to do what they need to do. So uh, you know it's like I guess you're kind of like a you're a juggler and you're also a you know QA guy part time, and you know. There's a, a lot of um, review in that position. I think you had said one time that you were the most uh, handsomely oh, yeah. paid QA. I'm the I was the best paid QA guy in that place, <laughs> hands down. Uh, so there's I, I actually want to tell a story here really quick when we, <laughs> when we were working out it's nothing bad I swear. Uh, so uh, for a while we uh, we had worked on a process where we would review the content that would get in the game, right? So we would have people that would work on their their content for x amount of time after they did that they would come and play the game with Dantelli, myself uh and maybe the zone lead and they would be in the room and we would be playing their content right and then we would take notes and say like okay these things need to be changed you know the this thing needs to happen we would find out what the kind of core values were for the game make sure that they were being hit um and so i remember one time and i'm not gonna say who this was uh but we, we were playing through and there's this. There's, I, literally to, I literally told this. I think I told the story two days ago. So ahead. there's a bad guy, right? Like a boss that you're supposed to kill, and he's like at the top of a hill. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember running up there, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play the game like the player should. Like I'm playing it optimally. Um, Michael Donatelli does not play a game optimally. Oh no, man. He plays it player. dickishly. Uh, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> I just play it like a player would play it. So he. So what he did was he uh, instead of going through all these bad guys that were in front of him, right? He went the path of least resistance, sure. which is like up and around. Ran and up so, a wall. Yeah, you ran up a wall. Basically, got jumped over all these through all these bad guys and skipped a major portion of the quest, right? Thus breaking it. Thus breaking it because again, to get into the the math of it all. It was a ravine that the designer expected you to fight your way up to the boss. I just ran around the ravine and came up the wall to skip all that fighting like any player would because sure. my time is worth, my time is money and I want to get in, get my XP yeah. and my yeah. and go. So he had a trigger volume. So you went through the trigger volume and that set off the rest of this quest. So I ran around it, skipped the trigger volume, ran up the side of this hill, killed the monster, didn't step the quest, didn't, and broke. And so after that, he said, uh, whoa, 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 you're playing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> which, by the way, uh, for anybody listening that is into games and, and making them, there's, there's really no way that you can play a game wrong. No, it's the absolute opposite. That, that's why I said MMOs are so hard. For a single-player game, you just have to figure out, okay, I know I want this guy to go into a burning building and save this baby. Yeah. So I know that it only, there's only one door. And if there's two doors, I can just put fallen debris back there. See, the only way in is this door, right? For an MMO, you, can't, you couldn't take one guy and put him in a room, and then you'd have 100 people outside trying to get into this room to kill this one guy. It'd be a terrible. You have to have a big, wide-open space. You have to account for what if a player has a flying mountain, flies in and just parachutes down to the like, to. There's so many things you have to take into account, and... Again, I'll give you this. The guy's a really good designer. No, he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Um, you know, 
And but it was just the, that's the funniest thing. And it did come two days ago where somebody had said, "Oh, whatever you do, to Donatelli, don't ever tell him that you're pl- that he's playing it wrong." Because I did lose my shit over that. But you know, that's you know, again, yeah, that's part of the that's part of the design ritual, or that's part of any good lead or anybody like that. Anybody who plays the game a lot can tell you that kind of stuff. But right, yeah, and you should. You, I mean. Typically, when I play games, this is just me personally. Like I will, I will play them. Oh, crap. oh man, the camera. My, f- my phone just fell off. Uh, we had it. We had the nine point eight earthquake. We're all going to die, dude. My dog is barking outside <laughs> now. Told you, nine point eight earthquake. It's just brutal. Um, so yeah, it, I don't even know where we were. What were we saying? I just totally got distracted. We're saying that the designer was, is a good designer. He just was new at the time, and he, you know, he. You can't ever, you can't ever, if, and that's, if that's your mantra, if your mantra is you're playing it wrong or you're not doing it the right way, or, or I have to, now I have to figure out a way to where I, I got to now block all the wall. Like, again, you can do it that way. You can sit here and right. try to, to work out every edge case and you should, if you're a good designer to think about the edge cases. But ultimately, at least in the MMO space, again, let the player play the way he's going to play. Like, it doesn't matter if I snuck up the wall, cause I did, I ran up the wall and I skipped all those monsters. Did it? Did I cut seven to ten minutes off my playtime? And is playtime important to make sure that in an MMO you are playing a certain amount of time? Sure. Yeah. But I felt smart by sneaking up there and yeah. doing that, and that just pleased me. And I had a good time in the game. Had I been able to walk away and finish that quest, I'd been like, yeah. cool. I just See, I, I, I got it around on the game. When and I'm been happy with when that. I'm playing games, I tend to play them the way that I think the designer intended. Right. Usually because that will make the experience of whatever. But when the second that I see that I can shave time off of something, like I'm doing that, right? Well, it's, it depends. It's typically, it's like, how it, I roll. It's like you said in an RPG. Let's just use um, uh, what was the the last Bioshock, right? Yeah. I I tended in that game, and I don't know if it, whether it, I don't I wouldn't say it's poor design, but I don't know if it's design oriented or just my personal you know problem. I have to go and find every every bullet. Like I'm a bullet whore. Like I just, I, I'm like, oh well, I didn't check that hallway, even though there's no monsters in it. But I should go down there because there may be bullets, right, for the gun. Then I stock up all the bullets I can, and my best guns are filled all the time because I never use them because I'm terrified that I won't find any more bullets for those guns. So yeah. I end up playing the entire game with a shotgun from from beginning to end because I'm terrified to use the guns. I'm like, well, wait, after this boss, there might be an even bigger boss, and I might need this rocket launcher fully. So that game, so yeah, in, that, in a single-player RPG, I'm a little bit more, I'm going to check every corner and every hallway. Um, but, like, again, an MMO, man, you know, time's money. You know, MMOs are hundreds of hours of gameplay. Uh, if I can figure out a way to cut some of those corners and get to the thing and get out, then I'll most likely do that. Right. So, um, all right, you did the design director thing. Yeah. You then moved up to product director. Yep, that was January, right before. About six months before the game launched. What what does that mean, product director? <sighs> product director um, for Carbine and NCSoft means that I, I guess the best way I could say it is I have stewardship over the product of Wildstar. Stewardship. The reason why I say it is we have a creative director. You know that's Chad. It is. We have a new, Chad Pappy Moore. We have a new design director, Chris Barons. We have. Uh, an art director named Frank Kitson. We have, you know, uh, we have, yeah. um, uh, we have Jeff Kurtnack are on sound. You know, we got a lot of guys, high level guys that are, you know, really, really good at what they do. And I don't really feel like I need to super weigh into like, again, when I was design director, I was more involved in the day to day for that stuff. Right. But now I just attend kickoff meetings and, like we do this green light process where people just come up with cool ideas for Wildstar, like the team does. And they're like, oh, hey, I want to do this thing where it's like group PVP dueling. It's like, okay, write a pitch. And we sit there through a green light meeting and I kind of, you know, I kind of um, oversee that and we'll sit down and we'll talk to them about pitches and would, would that be a cool thing for the game or why? And then we put it on a shelf to figure out when we can put it into, we approve them or send them back for more work. And then we put them on a shelf and then we figure out where we can fit them in the, the schedule. But, um, so the stewardship is, you know, Chad is the creative guy, Chris is the design guy, the art guy, all these guys get together and, and, and I go to those meetings together with everybody else. And like I said, smart people, 
you know, I'm the Obama of video game design. I have a lot of smart people surrounding me, and they're going to do the things they're going to do, and I'm going to uh, crack wise. So, um, no, really, though, uh, so I, I, I'm in this oversight position, and I break ties a lot with other directors. If, like, two directors get into a fist fight about something, i got to kind of wade in there and be like, no, no, no. And if somebody turns around and goes, we totally want to, we want to remove, you know, all mounts from the game. We'll just make everybody walk. I'd be like, no, that's absolutely not going to happen. So right. I get to weigh in on that kind of stuff. It's only, and then new product. If there's new product floating around, um, if there's stuff that we think we want to pick up and do, you know, we work with NCSoft on that, and I do some of that. And, um, uh, you know, we look in. You know, again, part of the part of the the state of the game I did back in January was growing Wildstar bigger. Mm-hmm. So that we look at, we're looking at a lot of different territories for that. You know, um, that's what free to play is all about growing. We're looking at new territories. Like there's a lot of things that I guess that's the stuff I do a lot of. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, product director in a lot of different companies is a game director. So, um, people have different names for it. So I think I'm at the end of my rope. All right. If there's anywhere else for me to go. That's a, that's a fantastic metaphor yeah. for finishing out that. Um, Okay. So, yeah, and that's and that brings us currently today. Yep. So, uh, aside from The Long Dark, what are you playing right now? Um, I play a lot of The Long Dark, and the funny thing is it's like, I play Wildstar a lot. Uh, you know, I was, uh, but it's kind of like, right now, it's like a battle between the two of them. But The Long Dark, it's exactly what I said. I play the game, and I have to pretty much assume that I'm going to log in and I'm going to play for six hours, and I'm going to go, oh my god, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm way too old to be staying up this late. I have yeah. to go to work next day. Wildstar, I know exactly what I did. I logged in. I did two Japan missions, which took me a total of one hour. I did them solo, so they scaled to my level. I had a great time playing them, and then I logged out with my loot and went to bed. And it's very cool because I can do that. Right. Um, so Wildstar, Lone Dark. Weirdly enough, Chad got me into Clash of Clans, so oh, playing boy. a crapload of Clash of Clans. Um, but you can play that anywhere, so I don't even. Yeah. It's not even like a real game. It's kind of like a the thing you do when you're waiting for a bus yeah sure um uh i still haven't finished assassin's creed unity i kind of work or not no i finished unity i haven't finished um rogue which was the other one i got like halfway through it and just i don't even remember why i stopped uh on the console weirdly enough i had like this giant stack of ps3 games that i needed to get through so i've actually gone back and started playing um i think i'm playing the third so for the PS4, I'm playing the third, uh, uh, what was that? Fall of Man. Oh, okay. It's, it's a couple years old. Yeah. But I got all these unwrapped, uh, or all these wrapped games, and I was like, maybe I should play that game. I still haven't played one Batman game. Oh, man, you got to get on that. I own all, every one of them. They're all wrapped, sitting I... on the counter, waiting for me to play. Love those games. Uh, well, everybody loves those games. Yeah. And, you know, and I keep going, oh, I'm going to play Batman. I'm going to play Arkham. Then it's just like, eh, i got so much to do. you got to do that. I feel like there's a period in like 2013, maybe, when my game playing almost ceased. Pretty much when we started crunching on Wildstar until yeah. like now. I haven't had a lick of time to do any of that. So, I mean, I really do have... 50 games on PC that I keep buying on Steam sales and I keep buying. In the um, one sense, it's awesome because you can just buy games for real cheap that you didn't get yeah, to play like a year and a half sure. ago. I bought all those. I bought all those Fall of Man games. I got paid nine bucks for all three of them. Right. I was like, oh, Tomb Raider, eh? You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll play this. This looks cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess there's the bonus. I have there. all the Crisis. Uh, what's that Crisis thing with the bow? Is that uh, Crisis? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. I've got all those games that I haven't played one of. I got Dishonored I haven't played. The Witcher I haven't played. Oh, man, um, that new one looks good. So many games I haven't played. And where do you start? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's difficult. I'm playing Bloodborne right now. Oh, that's like the game that was built for you, actually. You have no idea. I love that game did so you, much. Do, do you, do you like, kind of slowly get, like, turn the lights down low and snuggle up close to it? Oh, like, man, you have no idea. I, I, I do that mostly because I, I don't want to wake up my child. Mm-hmm. Not because, you know, I'm going to be uh, intimate, with, intimate with this game. Uh, but, man, it's good. It's it's one of those games that, like... Oh, I've seen it. I saw it, at, uh, I saw it at GDC. There were people playing on the floor there. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, not even from, like... So, aesthetically, you know, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not even the point. The point is, I, on that game, it like, when you mess up, it is totally your fault. 
I love games like that where it's like it is it's punishing to a degree, but it's mostly like you mess like these guys have there's a guy who has three attacks and he can pick any one of those attacks and you have to memorize what those attack patterns are. And so if you see the attack pattern coming, you're like, maybe I can squeeze in one or two little hits and kill him in between there and he kills you. You know, it's your fault. So it's like gothic Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean, it's it's effectively Dark Souls, but it's a little bit more offensive, whereas um, Dark Souls is, is kind of more defensive. I played Dark Souls. I thought it was interesting. It's just, um, I played it again years after it came out, so there were, like all that weird interaction with ghosts and all that stuff, just yeah. there was nothing happening with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nobody playing it. Sure. Um, but, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I thought the gameplay was good. Um I didn't mind like the respawning and all that stuff, but there were so many weird things about that game that I'm like, what is it? I have souls. I'm dead. I'm not dead. What the hell is going yeah. on with this story? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, their their storytelling is much more. You really have to pay attention to what's going on in the world and with you know subtle clues on things as opposed to them you know saying this is exactly what happened. This is why the world looks like this. This is what happened to this guy. It's it's very subtle and it's a. I think it's. That company specifically from software, they've been making games for a long time. And uh, they've always, like, Kingsfield was, like, one of the first games, I think, that they made. And I remember playing that. I was, like, in eighth grade. That game was super harsh. um, But, and the systems were kind of like, I think this menu system, I can go too deep into this. And, (laughs) you know, figuring out all that stuff could be difficult. Um, But, man, rewarding once you figure that stuff out. It's pretty good. Um, anyway, Mike D, I think we've been talking for like an hour, maybe more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude it because okay. I try to keep the show to an hour if I can. That's fair. You know, fair. as long as you do it every week at the same time, you'll be all right. Uh, sure, that happens. Just saying. I mean, you need to Shifty do that. Eyes. Yeah, uh, you either need to go three hours or you need to do at least every week at the same time, so people can tune in. Right. Uh. Thank you for tuning into the show. Highly appreciate it. Mike Donatelli, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Is there anything you want to plug? Just uh, well, Wildstar going Wildstar free to play? Wildstar is going free to play in a couple months. Um, uh, if you, you know, we have a lot of really cool stuff for players who have uh, been sticking with us all this time. We have, a, we have a crazy set of cool items and mounts and stuff for players who have been with us from the very beginning until free to play. We have another group of things that you get. If you sign up um, before, like, like by June fifteenth or something like that, until free to play, there's another set of goods that the people at the beginning. There's so many things we're giving away to people, loyal players, that it's almost hard to track. We have an entire loyalty program, so every month that you paid all along, you're going to get a bar that fills up for loyalty, and then you'll get all these rewards when we go free to play. And it's just all these things for people who, you know, have stuck with us for all that time. But you can kind of get grandfathered into some of that if you can find a box still and then plug the that code in. And then you, su- like, I guess it's like signature, but you sub from now until then. You can get all kinds of cool stuff as well. And there's still boxes out there. Plus, in the box, the code now gets you one of three very cool things, just like a pirate outfit or like this big fat ridiculous kitten mount or some kind of hello kitty surfboard or some crap like that nice um and you get one of those three things for every box you buy so it's just there's like a been a, tr- a hot trading of because if you don't like what you got you can trade in game yeah very so cool. anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on you know wait for free to play and play or go buy a box and get in now have it's you guys said when game. it's gonna go live fall well, we need some time to. We can't respond to feedback until unless we do. Yeah, no, this, I so. feel you. I feel you. Just, uh, just fall. asking. Definitely not Baby August, girl. but All right. fall. All right, sounds good. Uh, thank you for joining us once again, guys. Uh, if you want to check out more uh, episodes, you can go to uh, patreon.com backslash Stephen Frost or look up Game Devastation on iTunes. Uh, otherwise, it was great hanging out with you, Mike. Thanks, buddy. All right. That was a left-handed handshake. handshake. That was super weird. Awkward, but we did it. Anyway, thanks for checking out the show, guys. Adios.